Tuesday, September 28th, almost at the end of the month, and bets, things are things are going pretty good actually right now, right? They're turning around for us. Um, man, what a dreadful start to the year <laughs> that was for me specifically. I know you were fine in week one, but week two, uh, you said you had your work week, week, worst week at DFS since you've been playing. Uh, but we came back, and it was good to post a W for sure in week three. The process felt really great. And then the listeners, man, just absolutely raking in money left and right. It was super fun to see all those screenshots and all the messages on Twitter and stuff. So great week all around for the Ballers DFS team. Yes, and we'll go into more detail. The you know the lead is, you probably saw on social media or maybe you heard on the podcast, but our own Andy Holloway uh, took down a Millie Maker, got to tie for that this past Thursday night. So yes, our brand... And more specifically, our listeners, Andy, who's basically a listener, he's a noob, if we're honest, uh, he really is. got to take <laughs> got to take down a Millie Maker. Yeah, that was super fun. Um, just the whole team in Slack just going nuts on that Thursday night game was that was so so fun to see. Um, and even better, hats off to our leader Andy for he and his wife putting out um, basically matching a donation to donate a ton of money. So I mean, just great week, great week for the for the brand. Yeah, and I think Andy was really clear, and I've had a couple of listeners just ask, like, how did he do it? Showdown is a different animal in itself. Like, there's just so many different scenarios. And so, yeah, if 90% of the lineups had CMC in it, and Andy had one that had Chuba in it, then, of course, it's going to be different. But realize this with DFS, everybody wants the one quick fix. I, you know, I win 100K, whatever it is. Like, of course, we all want that. But what Betts and I really talk about is coming up with a process and figuring out long-term how you can be successful. So let's review this past week in cash. Straight cash, homie. If you want an in-depth look at cash and kind of my process, I put out an article each week. It's completely free. Um, I just want anybody who wants to be um, in on what we do to see that. So that's free on the website. And then you know, behind the paywall is our deeper picks for DFS, but I posted that cash lineup review, but you and I had a pretty good week. And instead of just boasting about us, let's talk about the process for building cash in week three and our main takeaways. Yeah, definitely. I think we both kind of agreed as the week went on that Cooper Cup was like a must have um, just based off of how he was playing and his target share and the matchup. It just set up perfectly. And kind of agreed on the podcast. We talked about it with Chris Goblin also being a strong play. Um, so I was kind of locked into those two guys. And then for me, the decision point came down to, do I spend up for Derrick Henry, who I loved in the matchup? Obviously, he had a good week. And then pay down at quarterback for Justin Fields. And my thought process there was, okay, he's a running quarterback. I don't need him to do that much to pay off his 5.2K salary. And then we saw the Matt Nagy effect. And what really got me off of Fields was my late week kind of coming around to Saquon Barkley. And this is why I think it's super important for everyone to just stay plugged in, you know, take Saturday off, like unwind, hang with the family. But once you kind of get back into the zone before you set your lineups for final lock on Sunday, 
be willing to kind of go around and see what's happening with this news. And we had, of course, the Dalvin Cook update, him being out, opened up Alexander Madison, who was a really strong point per dollar projection. And then for me, getting on to Saquon Barkley, when they ruled out Devontae Booker, it was him and one other running back active. So it's like, okay, early in the week, I was worried about Saquon. Again, I don't, is he 100% yet? I don't know. The Giants offense, not great. Um, but if they did that and it was like, okay, he's going to touch the ball 20 plus times. And so that's kind of what my process was. I got off of fields onto Saquon and Madison. So you really need to be willing to kind of have that weekly schedule like we talk about all the time, Kyle, to get to those, you know, end results that I think the process leads you to. So that's where I got to, um, had a pretty decent week with it and pretty happy with, uh, how I landed on that lineup. Yeah. The key takeaway for, for anybody, myself included, is just to have a pool of players because, Things change based on injury news and everything else that comes out, and it's okay to be able to change. So I remember earlier in the week, we loved Saquon on FanDuel, but he was the RB8 on DK, and so it was kind of one of those things like when I compare the two sides, like, okay, I'm going to play him on FanDuel. He's not a great play on DK, but as things kind of progressed throughout the week, as Dalvin went out, like we didn't know that at the beginning of the week that Dalvin, he, Dalvin was our top play, you know, once we were in this Tuesday episode, and so things change. And so I want to encourage people, Come up with a pool of players. I really like CEH, and that ended up being a good play. I didn't end up playing because I switched on to Saquon. They both were fine. I sweated it out for no apparent reason, but have a pool of players. Like you said, we both kind of toyed around with Justin Fields. We're like, okay, he's kind of cheap. And I landed on Josh Allen because the price was too cheap. And so I was pretty fortunate right from the get-go. You and I were texting. I was like, okay, I think think this is going to be a week I cash when Josh Allen and Emmanuel Sanders both went off. So I did really, really well. But the main thing I also wanted to share is the chalk hit this past week, like Cooper Cup, uh, our boy Rod Godwin. Those were the top wide receivers. They both hit. And that's not going to always happen. So realize like if you go into that later slate, like I had Cup and Madison and I could have late swapped, but I was I was ahead. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to eat the chalk here. That doesn't always work. And so the best plays like we saw in week two, the best plays didn't hit. And if you were contrarian, then you did. So make sure that you have a process. You have a pool of players. This episode on Tuesdays is just to point out, here's the slate. Here's how you can turn the page. And here's our plays that we like as of Tuesday. The Friday show will be us kind of assembling our, our cash game lineups and and, uh, and our picks for that. So make sure you're, you uh, stay tuned throughout the week. There's a whole process. And it's so important just to not see this as, I made my lineup, I like my guys, and I'm done on a Thursday or Friday. But before I go any further, I did have a couple of listeners that uh money, 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 money. Dude, we had a couple of listeners that messaged us and they did pretty well. I mean, this is Brooks status right here. People winning <laughs> like legit, legit money off of smaller entry fees. I mean the ROI on that is insane, and congratulations to everyone that had that week. We had, it felt like 20, 25 people sending us screenshots of thousands of thousands of dollars that they pulled in this weekend. Um, I unfortunately didn't have that good of a week, but I'm happy when other listeners do and people that you know purchase the DFS pass do have those winning weeks. It's just, it's awesome to see. So congratulations to all you out there. Uh, let's keep it rolling. I did take first place bets in a DFS pod contest, but uh, it is nothing compared to this one I'll share Uh, I like to keep the names kind of secret, but I got this message. It said, thanks for all you do with the ballers. You made this possible. This person on Fandle turned $66 into $20,000. That is is insane. And 
with his lineup, it was a lot of the recommendation recommendations we had. And then he threw in the Saints defense, which I used in a tournament as well. Uh, Saints defense was really, really low roster. I think it was around 3%. So awesome, awesome week for the brand, for Andy. Uh, and this isn't just to say like we have all the best picks, but it's your opportunity to take the information that we give you and then figure out how you want to play. Like it's your money. You get to figure out how you want to use it. And if you want our in-depth picks, you can get that in the DFS pass. You can use the promo code DFS pod and save some sweet cash on that. But let's talk about this next week four main slate. State of the main slate. Each week we refer to the DraftKings Sportsbooks line. That's where Bets and I, that's where we play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And Bets, let's check in on a wager that you've made, one that's up and one that's down. Yeah, let's start with the one that's down. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, Adam Thielen is laughing at everyone who said regression is going to hit this year. I took the under on his touchdown prop. He's already over halfway there <laughs> through three weeks. <laughs> um, he has four touchdowns through three weeks. His chemistry with Kirk is just unreal when they get in the red zone. So that is going to be a miss for sure. Uh, but the one that's trending up is your boy of this week, Manuel Sanders. He was your guy that you played everywhere. He's also on our big dog team. Uh, we love you, Manny. His prop was 600 and a half receiving yards this year. I took the over on it. And the process there was just saying like, okay, they're going to run three and four wide almost every play. It doesn't have to be that good to hit this. And he's hit it the past couple of years anyway. So now he's getting quarterback who's willing to chuck it deep. And we're seeing, you know, the underlying usage with Sanders is really encouraging, like tons of air yards. He's not just running these little underneath routes. He's getting the ball down the field. So uh, hopefully that continues not only for our big dog team, but for my bankroll. Yeah, Sanders is the two. Like this past week, he led the entire team in routes run. He's he's the guy. He's not just a part-time player. I think Gabe Davis he had the first catch in that game, and so I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a Gabe Davis game. And then it was Sanders pretty much the rest of the way. So love that call on Sanders. I'll just say the team that is definitely laughing in my face is the Las Vegas Raiders, who I took the under. I'm under seven. And I know their schedule is going to get a lot more tough. So, uh, But let's see, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins. like Those were all good teams last year. Those were all uh, winning teams last year, all at least double-digit wins. So... Don't love that one right now. I think I can just throw that money away. Raiders under seven. But one that is trending up, actually in a huge way, is I have Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year. I think it's at plus 600 when I have, and it's moved up since then. I guess four and a half sacks will help you do that against Justin Fields. So feel pretty good about that one. All right, you going to give any of that money game. to Matt Nagy? He's helping you win that. No, no, Matt Nagy should go on the street, find a new job, <laughs> and uh, leave the fantasy community alone. I mean, his game plan really helped Garrett just just have a monster day. So I think you owe him. Yeah, just slip him a little money under the table. I bet he has some money on Miles Garrett. Probably. That's probably why they didn't let Justin Fields run at all. It's probably true. All right, Bets, why don't you highlight for this week the games that are over 50, and then we'll kind of talk about you know what we like so far at the beginning of the week. Yeah, for sure. We've got uh, quite a bit here that I think is really intriguing. We've got Carolina on the road at Dallas. That is a 50-point total. We've got Seattle on the road at San Francisco. That's a 52.5-point total. Cleveland is taking on Minnesota at Minnesota. That's 52.5 as well. And then the two highest games here on the slate, divisional matchup with the Cardinals and the Rams, 
54 and a half there, and then KC and Philly at 55 as of Tuesday morning. So lots of games above that 50 mark that we like. Um, what's your first take on the on the slate with those numbers? Yeah, so obviously Kansas City, everybody loves playing them. And then right now the Rams and the Cardinals both being undefeated, like with a total that high, people are going to want to stack that game. I also just need to mention Buffalo. We didn't say their game because they're playing the Texans, but they have the highest team implied total on the slate at 32. So it'd be interesting to also play Bills onslaught stacks if you wanted to do that. But there's a couple of different ways to go here. I feel like the game that is feels already too low is Carolina at Dallas. Yeah, I could definitely see that one getting over, especially I think the rhetoric out there is like, you know, we just saw the Eagles fall on their face on Monday Night Football. Uh, it's sad times for me. And now everyone's talking about, well, is this Dallas defense actually good? I'm not sure yet. And we've seen Carolina be explosive on offense. And they just lost JC Horn to a broken foot on defense. And I think the rhetoric out there is like this Carolina defense is so good. So I agree. I think that 50 point total feels low early in the week. I, I do like that over. All right, so in terms of the most popular games to stack, I'm going to say the Arizona and Los Angeles Rams game is going to be up there. We know we want to play Kyler. Stafford is basically on an MVP level so far. He's second in the league in passer rating. So Cup is at the point where his price is now prohibitive. Like last week, he was 6,800 on DraftKings. He went up 1,000 this week. So it's a conversation to have about whether you play Cup uh, even though the Arizona secondary is kind of, you know, not good at all. And then Robert Woods, it's like, okay, he hasn't done anything yet. Is he just like a buy low or is he just like a waste of money? So on the on the Rams side, that's a conversation to have. Higby didn't go up that much in price. Uh, and then on the Arizona side, if Hopkins is healthy, it's more interesting. But the defense of the Rams, like Chris Godwin was a good play in cash, but if you tried to totally play him in GPPs and bank on him having a 30-point game. It didn't work because the Rams' defense just looked good against Tom Brady. Like, across the board, they just flew to the ball. So I don't know if that game is one that where you just say, everyone's going to be on it, and so I'm underweight. Um, I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. But what's your take on Kansas City, Philadelphia? Because people are going to want to play these guys. They're going to want to play Jalen Hurts because of the rushing upside. Uh, what do you think about that game? Yeah, you and I were talking in Slack before we recorded, and my initial take was that I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Like, I'm not super excited, and it kind of sounds silly because the the Chiefs are capable of putting up 35 real-life points any week, of course, but against the spread, they're 7-12 and 12 since week one of last year, and this line initially opened at 5.5 points. It's all the way up to 7 early in the week, so... If that line keeps going, I think people are going to assume like, oh, the Chiefs are just going to smash the Eagles. And while that's certainly possible, don't get me wrong, my team is not good. Um, we just haven't seen the Chiefs like close teams out and like really go all in that way. So I'm not sure it's going to happen. Now, that said, we're going to talk about salary standouts. For some reason, the Chiefs players all came down in salary across both sites, I think. So people are going to want to play them. They're going to be popular. The Eagles defense, in my opinion, shouldn't really scare anyone. We just saw the Cowboys hang 41 on them on Monday Night Football. So I I do think it's a game that you can stack. But the issue is like on the Eagles side of the ball, it's just thin because Jalen Hurts runs the football. 
It's not like any one guy is dominating targets like Brandon Cooks, where on a bad team, you're like, okay, at least I know Cooks is good and he's going to get the ball. So it's really interesting to see where it goes as far as the roster percentages here. I do think it's going to be popular. My early lean in the week is I'll probably be a little under relative to the field. But of course, that could could change come Friday. I feel like Miles Sanders is going to be a popular like run back option because the key, uh, Kansas City is such a run funnel defense. So I could just see that being a game where people want to stack the Chiefs because they haven't re- maybe they haven't done it as much. And then on the Philadelphia side, yeah, it is it is tough to figure out who you want to bring it back with. What do you think is the sneakiest game on the slate for week four? Yeah, I just talked about liking the over in this game. It's the Carolina and Dallas game. Um, I'm really intrigued by Dallas passing attack, especially in this one without JC Horn for Carolina. And we just saw in Monday Night Football, of course, you know, Zeke, I, I even texted you before I said, I'm going to fade fat Zeke in the showdown. Uh, I did not have a good night in the showdown for obvious reasons, but we just saw him come out and have a huge week. So maybe the pendulum swings back to the passing attack. The price we're going to talk about Amari and CD here in a second is just silly on DraftKings. So People are going to want to play them. I really like that game a lot. And then on Carolina, there's a couple guys you can bring it back with easily. So I like that game early in the week quite a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about the salary. But for those Dallas players, once again, they get that Monday night discount. And if you don't realize, DraftKings puts out the prices way before the game. Like, I mean, I get to look at those prices around lunchtime on Monday. And that was one of the things that stand out is like, oh my gosh, Dallas is cheap, which is rare to be able to say. Like, usually they'd be one of the more expensive teams. So... I could see Dallas passing options be pretty popular this week. Two games I'll mention that feel a little bit low. Uh, I don't know what to do with the Steelers, man. The Steelers and Packers. Packers are six and a half point favorites, but the game only has a 45 and a half total. And if we're only going to see Najee Harris dump passes like over and over and over again, then uh, I don't love it at all, even though the Packers like do give it up. So Najee's interesting this week. I just... I feel like that game, 45 just feels like ugh, you're begging me to, to take the over on that one. And then I'll also mention Washington and Atlanta. Washington has been a pace-up team all year. Atlanta's defense isn't good, and Washington's defense hasn't been good either. And that one's in the Dome. It's 48.5 total. Washington is actually a 1.5-point road favorite. So that's one where I think you can have a couple of pieces. I'm not saying to fully game stack it, but I think you could correlate some, I don't know, Antonio Gibson and Ridley or... Uh, Pitts and somebody else. So uh, I kind of like that game. Which one do you feel like so far on the slate that you might be underweight on? Yeah, this game just sounds so gross. Baltimore and Denver, like I don't even want any little mini correlations with it. I don't I don't want anything to do with it. We have two teams that we know like to run the football. Denver is operating at a snail's pace at this point in time. So slow with their offense that it's hard to see a ceiling game here and the total is not great it's 44 it's a close spread so maybe you think there's a little back and forth but yeah i do not want any part of the ravens and broncos here in week four so this next one is cleveland at minnesota and i'm just going to preface it by saying cleveland is a two-point road favorite and has a 52 and a half total these two teams want to be each other like that's that's like their identity is like cleveland wants to be minnesota minnesota wants to be cleveland there's Kevin Stefanski, you know, overlap there. So I just feel like that game, what these teams want to do is they want to run the ball. Yep, for sure. Yeah, we got a Kevin Stefanski revenge game, which means everything, of course. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's a high total. It's interesting because there's a lot to like about it, but it's also pretty thin because as we saw last week, Nick Chubb 
what did he have 22 carries and he still didn't he wasn't great for fantasy because didn't catch a ton of passes didn't score a touchdown and then of course on the other side it's like okay if, if madison is active he just had a huge week do people want to play him we, everyone loves dalvin if he's active so it's really tricky to see how both of these teams get there in a way that is correlated and makes sense because the running backs are going to dominate the touches and we always say like we don't love playing running backs you know we don't love chubb and madison going against each other and that sort of thing so I'm with you. I kind of think early in the week, it's not a game that I'm looking at, but we could see some value open up later in the week, depending on how the slate breaks. For sure. Kirk Cousins at home is something that you can always at least think about doing. But I just like when I look at the Cleveland side, it's like, OK, I, I like the running backs, but are they just going to cannibalize each other? And then I look at the pass catchers like, OK, Odell was back. They have some cheap options. Like, do I take a stab at DPJ or Austin Hooper? It's just really hard to figure out what I want to do in that game. And uh, Minnesota side is expensive, you know, when you think of Jefferson, Thielen, and if Cook's healthy. All right, which team do you feel like it, you are most confident hits the over in their team implied total? Yeah, I will take the Seahawks here. We haven't talked about them yet in the show, uh, but they're taking on the Niners. And dude, the Niners secondary, I don't know what it is year after year after year. The injuries that that team has is unreal. Um, Josh Norman was considered one of their starters this past Sunday night. He left early. They had like a rookie on one side. They had like a third string on the other. We obviously saw Devontae Adams just carve him up left and right. He could do anything he wanted. And on that fourth, the last fourth quarter drive, like cover Devontae Adams. He's getting the football. Clearly <laughs> he had like two 30 yard receptions. So this secondary is shaky. The secondary is vulnerable because of injury. And when you're taking on DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and Russ Wilson, that's going to be an issue. So I do think Seattle can get over their implied total here. They have a 24.8 total early in the week yeah i'm just gonna double down on what we've talked about with dallas like so far carolina has benefited from having a pretty cake schedule if we're honest like they haven't really been tested too much so i think on the road carolina's defense they've been decimated with some injuries they've gotten lucky with some you know luck with sacks so i just think that dallas is set up to go over their 27 and a half point total as of right now all right, which team do you feel like you're most confident hits the under in their team implied total? Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about this. I picked the Steelers for obvious reasons. I don't think anyone's questioning that. They look atrocious. Um, Big Ben, man, what is happening? The swing pass, fourth and 10 <laughs> inside the red zone. That was rough. was just something. I don't know what that is, but um, it's hard to have any confidence in this team right now without Deontay Johnson, who I think will probably miss another week. So 19 and a half is low, but what have they shown us that we should be excited about, right? So yeah, I'll take this, I'll take the Steelers. I think they have another down week. Yeah, it's it's sad to see because we love their passing options, but like even those deep shots to Claypool, they just feel like such low success rate plays. And then with Juju being out in that game, it was just like, okay, well, just going to run James Washington. And, you know, it's just, it got rough really quickly. So on the road as six and a half point dogs, like I could totally see that in Green Bay. And then I'll mention the Broncos. You said it too. Like, yes, they're one and a half point home favorites against the Ravens, but I feel like they've the, the Broncos have been also super fortunate in their schedule. And KJ Hamler out, I think is a bigger deal than people realize. I love that guy. I know you're a Penn State dude, so you love him too. But he is so fast in the slot. They actually gave him something respectable. And you look at their team, it's like, where's the speed it's like Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Those guys are not like burners. Those guys are like possession, big body receivers. And I just feel like 
Baltimore is going to be able to come back. I mean, they should have lost, but Justin Tucker's the GOAT. He's awesome. So uh, Denver, I just don't really want much part of that team. All right, let's close with a couple of salary standouts. Salary standouts. So once again, I just want to recommend that this is the Tuesday first look kind of our eyes are on the salaries. We kind of got to say, here's what stands out to us. This is not our final cash picks, GPP picks, things change, value opens up over the slate. But as of Tuesday, what are some salary standouts at quarterback? Yeah, we talked about this team a lot already, so I think you guys know where we're going. And it's Dak Prescott, 6.7K early in the week. Feels like a really strong point per dollar projection type of play. That's just too cheap for a guy who's as locked in right now as Dak is, and we like the matchup with Carolina. So he stands out to me. And then I'll just mention, too, um, Kyler in a huge total against the Rams. For some reason, he dropped a couple hundred dollars despite still having the rushing upside and still having, you know, a great group of pass catchers at his disposal and a game that should be a, a fun environment to watch. So I'll throw those two names out there. I like them a lot. And then real quick, over on FanDuel, Russ Wilson, 7.7K is too cheap. He's the quarterback eight on that slate, whereas on DraftKings, he's a little more expensive. I think he's priced as the QB four. So definitely a misprice on Russ over on FanDuel. If you're ever curious of these salaries and how DraftKings, FanDuel, how they come up with this is there's an algorithm and you can actually see with the quarterbacks, like when they drop in salary, it's kind of due to the matchup and what that team has done so far. So Carolina's defense so far looks really intimidating, but we know like Dak at home, okay, like he could totally shred the the Panthers defense. And the same thing with Kyler, it's like he's playing the Rams. And so you can kind of see the way that the algorithm works out in terms of his price and everything else. Quarterbacks as a whole, they should show up as the top point per dollar because they score the most points, right? Like if you're going to get 25 points from Kyle or whatever, so 7.8K is not that much to really think about. So the, I'm going to mention Mahomes. He's most expensive at 8.1, plays the Eagles. Mahomes on the road is going to be a theme that I talk about later on in the week because I think he's just set up to totally smash. All right, give me some running back standouts. Yeah, let's start the conversation with Daryl Henderson, because he's a name to monitor this week. He, of course, missed week three with the rib injury. So he's a guy that, if active, he looks like an early week cash game consideration just because 5.6K against the Cardinals is far too cheap if he's going to keep his role, which before this past week when he was active was basically the bell cow. So love Henderson at that price if he plays. The other name I'll throw out here, Antonio Gibson, 6.1K taking on the Falcons. That's just too cheap for a guy that has the talent that he does and the matchup. We saw Saquon succeed last week. And Gibson, man, what a play on that screen pass against uh, Buffalo. That was super fun to watch. But yeah, 6.1K on DraftKings. That's too cheap in my opinion. Yes, I love the prices of both those guys you mentioned. I think both of them are in consideration with cash. I don't. I think the big question this week is, what do you do with Derrick Henry? What do you do with the big dog? He's 88 against the Jets. So worst team in the league, worst defense, it seems like. You know he's going to have an opportunity. Right now, the Titans are favored by seven, and I think that's only going to go up to like seven and a half, maybe eight. I want to throw this out there, okay? I did a little research at the beginning of the week because the big conversation is, what do you do with Derrick Henry? And normally, we have a couple of really simple ideas. If he's popular, you play him in cash, underweight on GPPs. That's what we did this past week, and it worked out in GPPs. Um, if it's snowing, 
then you have to play them. Is it snowing there, Bets? Not currently. It's a little rainy, a little cloudy, but no snow. Okay, so we don't have to play them. It's not a must play. But I looked at over the last three years when the Titans were favored by seven or more points, okay? Here's what the big dog did, okay? You ready? In those games, he averaged 24 rushing attempts. That's pretty good. He averaged 143 rushing yards, and he averaged 1.4 touchdowns. Now, in that sample size is three games where he went off for over 200 yards and two-plus touchdowns and basically broke the slate. So how are you approaching Derrick Henry? Because every single one of those games, the Titans hit the over, but you always mention that. Ryan Tannehill just, he hits the over. That's what he does, dude. Um, We can't also forget... Mr. 13% target share, Derrick Henry this season. That adds to his profile. AJ Brown's going to miss this game with the hamstring issue. That, in my opinion, strengthens the argument for Derrick Henry because, Kyle, where do the vacated targets go? They always go to the running back. Well, sometimes. Most of <laughs> uh, For those of you that don't know, Kyle did a research study a couple seasons ago looking at that. More on like a season-long outlook, but I still think in this game environment, that makes sense. We're not talking about in one week when a wide receiver is out, the running back is guaranteed to see targets. But the trend is good for Henry. I mean, I'm not he's not going to be DeAndre Swift, don't get me wrong, but if he's going to see three, four, five targets every game on DraftKings, I'm more willing to go there. And I think the way this slate looks initially in the week, it's not price prohibitive to get to him if you want the safety. I don't see a scenario, in my opinion... I mean, sure, there's things happen, but where the Jets win this game. So if you predict positive game script for the Titans, then yes, Derrick Henry's going to be a really strong play. I will be having him in cash as of now, early in the week. And we'll talk about it as we get later on. I mean, I think in cash, you're going to have to play him. And then in GPPs, it's figuring out how much do you want. So in cash, I expect him to be 45%. Is that too high? Uh... I don't know. So I think the issue is like people are going to want to play Tyreek, I'm sure, Pat Mahomes, I'm sure. But those guys are all up there. And so if you play the stack potentially in cash, then you maybe can't get to Henry. So I think it's a decision point on the slate if you want to pay up for Tyreek or Derrick Henry. But yeah, he's going to push, I would say, at least 30, 30%. Yeah, and that's in cash. And so what we try to explain is that Derrick Henry is a mountain. And when he puts up 25 plus points you know let's just say it hits 30 or that week where he put up 50 uh, the game flow worked perfectly for him just to just go for it then you are facing two players essentially in cash and so if somebody hits 40 percent who cares like this guy's putting up 40 points and um doesn't really matter so that's the big question this week it's gonna be super popular and we totally get it all right wide receiver who's a couple guys that stand out yeah i just mentioned tyreek at 8k he's cheaper than he was last week taking on the Eagles we love the Cowboys wide receivers Amari Cooper just getting disrespected at 6k against Carolina yes please and then I'll just honorable mention here real quick CeeDee Lammy 6700 he's also got a good tag and in my model which is has 100% hit rate this year of players tackled at the one yard line who have a good game the following (laughs) week last two weeks ago it was Josh Allen he smashed this past week in week one it was Justin Jefferson he had a good couple weeks here now we have CeeDee Lamb tackled at the one yard line in a game that we love. I mean, come on. Dude, that's the Calvin Johnson model is essentially what it is. It's like Calvin, that one year was what, tackled like six times at the one. It was something yep. something weird. Um, but I, I love that. I love that kind of what's bubbled up from you is like, is it snowing? Did they get tackled at the one? <laughs> and if it's both? If oh, Derek baby. Henry? Yeah, we're cooking. That's 80, 
<laughs> 80 points. Um, I'll mention some cheapies. Uh, Terrace Marshall, if you are stacking that Dallas-Carolina game, I'm a sucker for him, but he's only 4K, and uh, his snaps went up this past week. Corey Davis, in a revenge game against the Titans. I think if you're playing Derrick Henry, I don't mind Corey Davis, who's had a couple of down weeks. Titans secondary is not good. Remember that. Like they're just they're not a good secondary. So Corey Davis at 5K is cheap enough, and you know that he's the number one target on that offense. Um, and then it just matters what you want to do with Buffalo players. Like we're not going to talk about stacking that game because I don't really want to play. I don't even want to play Cooks really this week. Um, but if you want Emmanuel Sanders at 4.9, we love him. Cole Beasley, any of those players look good. And then we'll mention DeAndre Hopkins, although he has a matchup with Jalen Ramsey, his price is way down. He's actually cheaper on FanDuel at 7.6 than he is on DK at 7.7. So DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like after last week, people are down on him uh, because he was just banged up, but I think you can go back there. All right, who do you like at tight end? Yeah, this is a week where I think it's okay to punt, and we talk about punting with like gross names. Um, if you're getting Evan Ingram at $3,000 on DraftKings, I'm going to play that every time. And it's not because Evan Ingram is amazing, but he's better than a $3,000 tight end that we tend to see down there. So he is back. It's a second game active this year off the calf issue from training camp. So presumably we can see him in better health this week with more snaps at $3,000. He doesn't even have to do that much for him to make sense pricing wise. So expect him to be popular in cash games, but I'll probably go there myself. Do we know... Do we have any updates about Sterling Shepard and his status for this week? Yeah, they called both Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, who both left with hamstring issues as week to week. I mean, even if they're active in this game, they're not going to be 100%. So I think they both miss. And that would certainly strengthen Evan Ingram's uh, target share for sure. Yeah, on a PPR site like DraftKings, that I mean, that's, that's not even a full punt play. That's like a good play in terms of uh, what you have with Ingram at 3K. George Kittle's 5.9. There's a huge gap between Kittle and Kelsey. And so Kittle's in a great spot against Seattle. Tyler Higby is still too cheap uh, for how involved he is, 100% of snaps. He's uh, 4.6 if you're stacking in that Rams and Cardinals game. And then I'll mention Noah Fant. He would be the only Bronco that I think I would be interested in. Uh, Ravens have been given it up to tight ends. Last week, they decided to guard TJ Hawkinson the whole time. So I don't, don't understand, but the first two weeks they were getting killed. And then Travis Kelsey, once again on FanDuel, I feel like we're going to mention him on FanDuel every single week. He's too cheap for what he offers at 8.2. And let's finish it off with defense. Yeah. The place I'm looking to go this week in cash games to save money. It's the lions taking on the bears. And I'm not sure what we need to say. You just go back and watch what the Browns did to them. And granted the Browns are a better defense, but what confidence can you have in Matt Nagy and the offensive line is bottom five in this league. So at 2.2 K you punt it off and you play him against the rookie, presumably Justin Fields and Matt Nagy get out of here with that nonsense of any quarterback can start for us this week. Even Nick Foles. No. Yeah. What's interesting about the lions is they bottled up Lamar Jackson. We mentioned them last week as like, you can punt them. It's totally fine. They're going to be in a similar situation this week against a mobile quarterback or maybe he's mobile. I don't know what Nagy really wants to do, but uh, Lions 2.2. Last week, we were all about the Bengals um, at 2.1. Earlier in the week, it was the Titans, and then that shifted. So that's one of those things. When we mention a play, it's totally okay if things shift. And so we were on the Bengals, who were a great play last week. Uh, I'll mention the Cowboys coming off Monday night against the Panthers at home. Uh, kind of like that if they're going to be CMC-less. And then the Vikings, 
at home revenge game against Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I, I like them at home. And then on FanDuel, we'll mention the Giants because they play Jameis and Jameis does Jameis things all the time. So uh, make sure you check out the prices and the discrepancy between sites because they are actually super different week to week in terms of DraftKings and FanDuel. If you want to play with us and play in a tournament, Jason, Andy, Mike, they're in that league as well. You go to ballersdfs.com and you can join our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg Plus Bets, and enter whatever contest. So I keep unveiling contests. I'll actually have some higher end ones this week where it's like $20 buy-ins and whatnot. So if you want to be a part of that, go to ballersdfs.com. It's fun to play with listeners. It's really humbling when we lose our money to that because there's just... There's other people. I feel like the expectation is that you and I are supposed to win, but we're going up against the field. The field's too smart, or at least our listeners are. Yeah, there was a point this past week where Kyle and I were sitting in first and second place in one of the leagues, and we were just like, oh man, look at this. And then before you know it, I dropped like 20. <laughs> like just something like same. So come play with us. Come take our money. BallersDFS.com. No, it was good to actually have my first win. It was actually on a stat correction because I was in second. And then I was like, woo, I got first. So. Yeah, come play with us, Ballers DFS. It's going to be super fun. And uh, any party words for the rest of the week? Nah, keep it locked in. Check out the DFS pass. We have content going up throughout the week to help you with that weekly schedule. We'll see you guys on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.